Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. I want to welcome you to another recovery roundtable. We are doing the series on the 10 guiding principles. And today we're going to be talking about person-driven recovery, why that's important, sharing our own personal experiences. I have two special guests here with me. Uh, please introduce yourselves. My name is Ashley McLean. I am the recovery coach supervisor for Montana Spear Network. And I'm Bill Devil, uh, Montana Peer Network peer support specialist. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me today on another recovery roundtable, person-driven recovery. Yeah. Yeah. I think back to, you know, when I first got into the work of peer support and we were asked to pick the top two, and I know that this was one of my top two. Oh, really? It was. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm laughing to the listener. I'm <laughs> laughing because I was the instructor in that class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, yeah, you don't I, remember, Jim? One of, the, no. <laughs> one, of the exercises, one of the exercises we have people do. So person-driven. So why did you pick? Well, I just, I go back and I think about, all the times, so I come from a background of my dad is a, a licensed addiction counselor. He was and um, had been in the field my whole life, and I was I was the golden child. Okay, and I chose you know a life of um, of addiction and alcoholism and and all of that stuff. And I remember like the first sign of that him wanting me to get better, and I did not see it as a problem you know and sure. so it was like always to appease other people like I if I if I did this then I would get them off my back and it was never this internal like drive like okay you need to do something different Ashley it was always you need to do something different because then these people who you love and care about will be off your back and then you can go back to doing mm. what you always did, did you mm. know? And so like the things that I did in my journey, I, I still re- consider it a recovery journey because it was a lot of experimenting to find out what worked, mm-hmm. but it was any recovery elements or any um, attempt at that was never internally my want. It was for somebody else mm. until this last time. Mm. So like you were doing it for other people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was doing it for other people mm. every time, except I, for this yeah, time. Yeah, I know. I can, I can relate <laughs> to that a little bit because my journey finding recovery was definitely not person-driven. It was definitely court-ordered. <laughs> um, um, now court driven court driven yeah, it, it was, yeah court driven you will do this and you will do that you know mental health 12 step meetings however that gave me the ability for it to become person driven but that still took a while for that to happen and I think that is something also for me in my own life that starts out starts out small. 
I'm real simplistic. When it's court ordered, there's no thought process. I just do. Mm-hmm. I just do what I'm supposed to do. Check the box off. All right, I'm safe. When it becomes person driven, then I have to take accountability for it and responsibility for it. Um, and so I know for me and in my recovery journey, person driven had to grow and it grew at a, at a fairly slow rate. But ultimately I am responsible for my recovery. Mm. If, if I don't do it, nobody else will do it for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Person driven uh, for me, I think is about that voice and choice, having voice in, mm. in my recovery and having choices and it wasn't anything conscious that I, you know, in the early days was like, oh, I need to have a voice in my recovery. Right, you know? right. But I, I remember, you know, having this conversation with, I was going to outpatient, I was going to mental health. And, you know, in the outpatient, you have that requirement, the 12 step, two right. meetings plus your nine hours, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I had been going to 12 step meetings and, um, because of my suicide attempt and being hospitalized, the hospital gave me some resources. And one of the resources was a group called uh, Rational Recovery, which then sort of evolved and became Smart Recovery today. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, <clears throat> I went to one of these meetings and it was like, whoa, this is totally different. And I, I wanted to do that as one of my two. I wanted to go to my 12 step, but then I wanted to go to this other one. And I remember like that was a big deal to the treatment facility. And that like, well, what's this rational recovery thing? Mm-hmm. Like it's not, you know, it's not 12 step based. And But I was learning because it was relating more to the mental health side for yeah. me because it was based in I think CBT, right? And so it was like, it was really connecting to what I was doing in therapy at the mental health center. And I remember having to really like speak up multiple times. They weren't going to accept it. And for, I think for a while, I probably did three meetings because I did my two 12 seven. Eventually they did relent and allow me to do it. But I don't think I consciously said I need to have my voice heard. Right. But right. I did speak up. In a way, yeah. Yeah, you I, did. I was speaking up because it, it, it the, the, the rational recovery was just so different, just walking in and just their approach. It was more strength-based. And so mm-hmm. it just appealed to me and I wanted that to be part of my recovery. So that's where person-driven for me is like all about giving people voice and, and choice. And, <clears throat> and then when I became a peer supporter, that... That was my approach with other people was here's here's the deck of cards of recovery that I'm aware of. Choose, Choose what you want. There's 50 choices. Yeah, like, I I love that. Like I I can think back to like my mentors that I've had along the way, and every one of them when it came to recovery was they never said, Ashley, you have to. Mm. <laughs> they never said you have to do this. They just said here's what you have and here's like here's what this is going to do here's what this is going to do here's what this is going to do you decide like you're an adult 
Yeah. You decide. I can, I think back to not, and I, I say mentors, I, I mean, not counselors or treatment teams or stuff like that. Like Understood. it's mentors in my life. They never made me do anything. And I think there was some, there was some personal buy-in on my part when I made that choice and, and I, and I got through it. And I, and I did that and like, I felt accomplished and I felt pride and I felt like, yes, like that was, that's what I'm going to do. This is the way I'm going to go, you know? And, um, and it just got easier to make those decisions in recovery. Mm -hmm. Like I, I felt my own empowerment, um, through my mentors telling me, I'm never going to tell you what to do, but here is some suggestions. Like, this is what you can do. I think for me, in my work that I do do today, is is to be able to encourage and remind people that they do have a choice. Yes, um, absolutely. Because sometimes they think they have to follow a system or they have to follow a set way. And, you know, on some of the objections that people have on, well, I have to take my meds and I have to do this and I have to do that, I'll remind them that they do have a choice, but there's consequences to those choices as well. And I say, well, if you don't go to therapy twice a week, like been suggested to you and you say you have to do it, what are the results if you don't go to therapy? What happens in your day-to-day life that is negative or what's the positive of that? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I always make sure that even though people need to be reminded that they have choices to make in their own recovery, that those choices um, have consequences to them, some positive, some negative, but let's be mindful of what those things are. And we don't always have to be afraid not to try one of them. Um, It doesn't always have to be an absolute. It can be, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to try it this way. And and we need to be able to be supportive in that decision with putting some some safety nets in place and say, well, I remember when, for example, I remember when I chose to go off medication. Now, it wasn't something that was thought out or anything. It was something where I went to take my meds and I had two refills and a half a bottle and I'm like, I never intended not to take all my meds when I was supposed to take my meds, but but it was something that was thought out. I mean, I told my employer, I told my mom and dad, mm-hmm. I told my girlfriend at the time, I told my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, and then I went to my provider and I let them know, and they were like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And my parents were like, "It's been working. Why do you want to change something that's yes. been working?" Yes. And and so you know. It was it was a big decision, but I had safety mechanisms in place to be able to make that choice. And I can I can for sure tell you that my mom and dad were like, "Well, you need to get back on your meds, and you need to make sure you take them on time because there was success there, and there wasn't anything going wrong." But I let everybody know what I was doing, and so I was able to make a personal choice there. Mm. Sometimes that gets tricky for me because I I can manipulate myself so easily if I don't allow myself to be held accountable to the people that care most about me that are around me. Mm-hmm. I think recovery is, is something that is, is 
person driven, but also we know that the effects of people that aren't in recovery run really deep to to their sphere of influence. Yeah. So so I like to I like to make sure that I'm accountable to those around me if I'm making my own choices in my recovery, which I'm ultimately responsible for, I, yeah, uh, I, to get input for, from. I love what you said there, Bill, about for me to be accountable too, right? Mm-hmm. Not someone else to hold me accountable. Right. Like, it's, right. it's right. like right. I am, I'm driven and I have this personal choice to, to seek out these people who maybe have done it before me, who like I look up to and, and um, I need a little bit of help, but I'm seeking that, right? Like I'm saying, I need yeah. to be accountable to you, yeah. right? And, and not, I need you to hold me accountable, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. well, well that's, that's my hangup with the criminal justice system, right? And I saw this firsthand when I was in that outpatient program. So I'm in the intensive, you know, nine hour a week thing, three, three days a week, three classes, do your two groups, right? I'm the only person who checked themselves in. Every other person in my group for the entire time I went there, I mean, we're talking a lot of people went in and out of that group. They're all court ordered. And the reason they're out of the group is because they relapsed. And that's an automatic out the door you go and we take away your license. We throw you in jail and we create this whole new batch of problems you got to deal with. And I saw that wasn't working even then when I was unhealthy. These people just rotating through this program. Like every week there were people, where's so-and-so? Oh, well, he didn't pass his test. Oh, well, he didn't pass his UA. You know, she, she's out. You know, like, holy cow. Like, yeah. it, that doesn't yeah. really work when someone else, because that's what you're saying, yeah. actually, right? Is someone else is making you accountable you're not taking any of the responsibility or making any of the decisions, right? No. And I think there has to be there has to be ownership yes. and personal responsibility about personal drive to Yeah. Right? I'm gonna be accountable to this. Right. Right? Exactly. And until that happens, I I didn't think recovery was ever gonna be possible for me. Yeah. Like and I mean in my experience with the work that I do um, in my personal life and my professional life, like I see that also mm-hmm. yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Bill, you, you said that uh, when they said to you, why do you want to go off your meds? You know, <laughs> it's working. I totally had that experience with my, my psychiatrist. I remember sitting in the mental health center, you know, this person you've been seeing for, you know, many years and having that conversation saying, you know, I'm thinking about going off my meds and said the exact same thing that you said to you. Why, why do you want to do that? It's working, you know? And, it, and, and I don't know. To this day, I don't know where that came from in me. But there was something that was saying, you should give this a try. Yeah. And... And then you have something to fall back on if it doesn't you, work, you right? Like you know, you know, and that's and that's the yeah. and that's a, that's the beauty of it is is it's okay to make a decision that you think's going to be good for your recovery, knowing that if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that it's a failure. Mm-hmm. It means that you tried something 
and it's either going to work mm-hmm. and it's going to improve the quality of your life mm-hmm. or it's not going to work but you know how to correct it mm-hmm. um and 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 so that's what that's where i was at and and like i was saying before i just kind of stumbled onto that one day when i have two full bottles and half of another bottle and like i like oh i didn't take my meds today and i go to take it and i'm like why do i have all these meds mm-hmm. um it wasn't an it wasn't an intentional thing but it got me thinking would I be okay without him? Mm-hmm. And so, and I was concerned about it as well. It's like, right. it has been working and I don't self-medicate anymore. And the obsession is gone. And my episodes from my mental health symptoms are way down mm-hmm. and less invasive. And so, why would I want to change this? Yeah. And so, but I tried it and it seemed to work and I still have my mental health episodes when they happen i have tools that are available mm-hmm. to me right. i recognize them i understand them they don't interrupt my my daily living that much my wife gets irritated with me sometimes when <laughs> i'm go- carrying on with myself but yeah i you know i know how to i know how to manage all those things and yeah. and i think for me going through the mental health system and and utilizing them for what was required for me was essential for me to be able to even attempt mm-hmm. not having to be on my meds because you know I know signs I know symptoms I did the whole rap deal yeah. um, my wife knows about the whole rap deal so and that that's a that's a part of being being willing to be open and honest about where you're at and what you're doing right. and that empowers you to be able to be person driven. Absolutely. Um, I did this, this little exercise where I have this jar of positive thoughts. They're called positive thoughts. And you just pull, pull a card out and it's super random. But the one I got the other day was I'd rather have a life of all wells than what ifs. And like, that is um, like, that's really what made me like, think about this is like being person driven is like taking that leap and saying, you know what? I'm just going to do this and oh well if it doesn't work out, right? Like rather than like gosh, I wish I could do that or like right. that seems really cool and like what if, you know? Right. If only I would If only I would have, <laughs> right? right? Like yeah. But, you know, just experiencing all these new things like they've always turned out to be um way better than I ever thought they would be in my head. Excellent. Yeah. Well, good. Well, this has been a great conversation around person-driven recovery. Good job, Ashley. This was a, this was a good one. one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in once again. Please catch all of our episodes on the 10 Guiding Principles in the Recovery Roundtable and take care of yourself out there. Yeah. Take care, guys. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.